Hi everyone, welcome back. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing why the Labour Party won the 1997 general election in the UK with their landslide majority of 179 votes under the Prime Minister Tony Blair. So in their manifesto that they published, they quote unquote said that they will clean up politics and they had a very um heavy impact and emphasis on constitutional reform. Some of the main points that they stressed on and I will be um going into more detail about including including ending the hereditary principle in the House of Lords, reforming the party funding to end sleaze and end scandals. They also wanted to devolve power to Scotland and Wales to increase the separation of power. elected mayors they wanted them from london and for other cities they also wanted more independent but accountable local government and they also wanted freedom of information and the guarantee of human rights so first we can talk about the conservatives and why they didn't win maybe so the conservatives seemed very opposed to the idea of democracy and although this is a sweeping statement they supported hereditary peers they supported unaccountable kangos and secretive governments they have a debased democracy through their mps who have taken cash for asking questions in the house of commons as well they are opposed or were opposed in that time specifically to the development of a decentralized government and it was a party that once opposed universal suffrage and votes for women and they now said that their constitution was perfect and it couldn't be improved the government in the uk at the time was very centralized very inefficient and very bureaucratic the citizens living there could not assert their basic human rights in court effectively the conservatives are afflicted by sleaze scandals and prosper from secret funds from foreign supporters there is an unquestionably um sense unquestionable sense of a national crisis of confidence in their political system and now labor has swept in and they would respond in a much more measured and sensible way so one of the first things in their manifesto included a modern house of lords so the house of lords reform they explicitly said that it must be reformed because it has to be an initial self-contained reform and it cannot depend on further reform in the future and this is the right for hereditary peers to not sit in the house of commons anymore and it would be ended by statute they said that this would be the first stage in a process of reform to make the house of lords a much more democratic and representative place So at the time currently they came from powerful wealthy families due to aristocracy and due to their bloodline and so it could be argued that they are undeserving of the seats because it lacked democratic legitimacy because they inherited their seats therefore they were not democratically elected to represent and legislate on behalf of the people they also said that the legislative powers of the house of lords would remain unaltered The system of appointment of life peers to the House of Lords must be reviewed, which is what they stated. They also said that their objective to ensure that over time the party appoints life peers more accurately will be reflected in the proportion of votes cast at the next or previous general election. So they're basically saying that if demand increases for further democratic legitimacy of the House of Lords that will happen 
because of statue and they will see that due to the votes achieved. They claim that they were committed to maintaining an independent cross-branch presence of the live peers and no one in the political party of the House of Lords should be um, in a majority party. They also said that a committee of both Houses of Parliament would be appointed to undertake a wide-ranging review of possible further change and then bring them forward for proposals to reform. Now next, they wanted a more effective House of Commons. They said that it is in great need of modernisation and that they would ask a, a they would ask for an establishment of a select committee to review its procedures. They also said that they wanted to make PMQT or Prime Minister's Question Time more effective and this would increase the ministerial accountability and as well um, increase the scrutiny and allow the Prime Minister to be held accountable for his actions and for the legislation or statute his party passes. The Nolan recommendations, they said, would be fully implemented and extended to all public bodies. They also obliged parties to declare the source of all their donations um, for a minimum figure because they said Labour does this voluntarily and all parties should also do so. This is to ban or minimise sleaze scandals or foreign donations as well. They also said that they would ban foreign donations. They would ask the Nolan Committee to consider how the funding of political parties should be regulated and reformed. They said they would do this and make this legitimate due to a referendum. And they said that an independent commission on voting systems will be appointed early to recommend a proportional alternate to the first past the post system. So they also said that they want to replace the first past the post electoral system. And at the election, Labour said it would make major strides to represent and rectify the underrepresentation of women in public life. So this obviously appealed to the electorate that is female, which perhaps increased their vote. Next, they were really passionate about the devolution, which meant that they would strengthen their union. They said that the United Kingdom is a partnership which is enriched by a distinct national identity and tradition. They said that Scotland has its own system of education, law and local government, and Wales has its own language, its cultures and traditions, and they want to meet the demand for centralised power to be devolved, and therefore decentralisation of power to Scotland and Wales. And they would do this through the referendum, and the referendum that was held was the Scottish independence referendum for Scotland. They also said that subsidiary is a sound principle in Britain as it is in Europe. They said that there proposal is a devolution not a federation like the US. They said that a sovereign Westminster Parliament would devolve power to Scotland and Wales and the union would be strengthened and the the threat of separatism would be removed. They also said that as soon as the election is through they will enact legislation to allow the people of Scotland and Wales to vote in separate referendums on their proposals which will be set out in white papers. These referendums, they said, would take place no longer than autumn 1997. So you could see this is a really big and pressing um, priority for them. They said a simple majority of the votes that would be cast in each referendum would need a majority required and popular endorsement will strengthen the legitimacy of their proposals and therefore speed up the passage through Parliament of getting this act through. 
For Scotland specifically, they proposed the creation of a parliament with lawmaking powers, which was really firmly based on the agreement that was reached in the Scottish Constitutional Convention, which included a defined and limited power set out, um, specifically financial powers, to vary the revenue and the additional member system. In the Scotland referendum, they said they would seek to separate endorsement for the proposal to create a parliament, and of the proposal it would give a defined and limited financial powers, and they would vary revenue. The Scottish Parliament would extend democratic control over the responsibilities which are currently or were currently exercised administratively by the Scottish office. And they also said that the responsibilities of the UK Parliament would remain unchanged over UK policy. For example, the defence, economic and foreign policy. Furthermore, for Wales, they said the Welsh Assembly will provide democratic control of the existing Welsh office functions. They said it would have a secondary legislative power and would be specifically empowered to reform and democratise the Congo state and would be elected by the additional member system as well. Following majority of votes in the referendum, they want to introduce this in the first year of being in parliament, of being in government, and this is really important as it is outlined in their white papers. Next, they spoke about good local governments. They said that local decision making should be very much less constrained as to what it was then now by the central government and this would also hold more individuals to account. They said that they wanted to place new councils and new duties to promote the economic, social and environmental well-being of specific areas. They said that they wanted to work in partnership with local people, businesses and local voluntary organisations. They said that they will have the powers necessary to develop these partnerships. And as I spoke about earlier, they wanted to ensure greater accountability and they wanted a proportion of councillors in each locality to be elected annually. And this would encourage democratic innovations in local governments and including the pilot idea of elected mayors with executive powers in certain cities like London. Although they agreed that crude and universal council taxing capping should go, they said that they would retain reserve powers to control excessive council tax prices. Now, as per local business concerns, they said that they are critical to a local good government. There are sound democratic reasons why, in principle, business rates should be set locally, not nationally. But they also said that they would make no change to the present system for determining the business rate without full consultations with businesses. The funneling of government grants to Conservative-controlled Westminster speaks volumes about the unfairness of the current grant system. It is, this is a quote from the Labour MP, and he also said that Labour is committed to a fair distribution of government grants by Tony Blair. The basic framework, not every detail of local service provisions, must be for central government. Councils should not be forced to put their services out to tender, but we would be required to obtain the best value. And they also reject the dogmatic view that services must be prioritised and privatised to be of high quality. But they equally see no reason why a service should be delivered directly if others are more efficient and they have a more efficient means of availability. They also said that count of cost should be quality. 
Every council, they said, would be required to publish a local performance plan with targets for service improvement and be accepted and expected to achieve them. An audit commission will be given additional powers to monitor and modify the performance and this would promote efficiency. On the advice of this council and commission, the government will, where necessary, send in a management team with full powers to remedy failure. They said that local councils have been at the forefront of the environmental initiatives under the Local Agenda 21, the international framework for local action arising from the 1992 Earth Summit. A Labour government, they said, would encourage all local authorities to adapt and adopt plans to protect and enhance their local environment. They said that local environment is at the sharp end of a fight against deprivation. Ten years after the Conservatives promised to improve their inner cities, poverty and social division affected towns and outer estates similarly. They very strongly claim that a local Labour government will join the local government in a concerted attack against the multiple causes of social and economic decline. This is including unemployment, bad housing, crime, poor health and a degraded environment. They said that London is the only Western capital without an elected city government. Following a referendum to confirm popular demand, there will be a new deal for London with a strategic authority and a mayor which will each be directly elected. Both will speak up for the needs of the city and the plan for its future. They will not duplicate the work of the boroughs but they will take responsibility for London-wide issues like economic regeneration, planning, policing, transport and environmental protection. London-wide responsibility for its own government is urgently required, they said, and they said they would make it happen if elected. Next, about the real rights for citizens, they said that citizens should have statutory rights to enforce their human rights in the UK courts. They said by statute they would incorporate the European Convention on Human Rights into the UK law to bring these rights home and allow the people of the UK to access them in their national courts. This incorporation, they said, would establish a floor, not a ceiling, for human rights. Parliament will refrain from amending them greatly, but they will remain free to enhance these rights for a simple act, example, the Freedom of Information Act. They said that Labour would undertake a wide-ranging review of both the reform of civil justice and of legal aid. They said that they will achieve the value for money for the taxpayer and the consumer as well. They said a community legal service will develop local, regional and national plans for the development of legal aid according to the needs and priorities of specific regions and areas. They also stated that a key to the success of their um, programme will be to promote a partnership between the voluntary sector, the legal profession and the legal aid board. So now as to the general election, we can discuss why they actually won it. So first we can talk about the media bias. Some Labour thinkers think that in the 1997's defeat was down to the role of the media for the Conservatives. Some parts of the media also took credit for it. The Sun, for example, famously ran the headline, quote, it was the Sun that won it, end quote. 
Tony Blair made a conscious decision to court the Sun's notorious owner, Rupert Murdoch, after meeting him. He won the prize, and the Sun decided to back Labour in 1997 before the election. While another one of Murdoch's traditionally conservative papers, The Times, chose not to back either party but was more positive about the Labour's than the Conservatives. Some might argue, however, that the impact of the Sun might have been overstated. The newspaper had backed the winning party in every UK general election since the 1970s. It had been a Labour paper until famously switching to the Conservatives in 1979. However, it could be argued that the Sun is just good at predicting elections and backing up winners. It is not that their backing actually has a big impact on the final result. For example, 2010 is sometimes presented as an exception to the Sun's power over election results, as Cameron actually failed to win the majority, despite the Sun having loudly switched support back from Labour to the Conservatives. In 1997, Blair obviously thought that the Sun was important enough to go to Australia to meet Murdoch, and furthermore, the biggest increase in Labour voters would the Sun came along readers, and while the biggest collapse in Conservative voters came along the readers of the Times, while the Times still backed the Conservatives. And the Times did back the Conservatives more than Labour, and over half of the readers of the Sun backed Labour. Actually, while readers read The Sun, The Star, The Guardian and The Independent, and they all back Labour, except biggest support coming from Mirror readers, followed by Guardian readers. The Express, The Mail, The Telegraph, The Financial Times and The Times had large conservative leads among their lead readers. One possible conclusion is that by this election, daily newspapers were bringing to lose their significance in affecting voting behaviour, with people increasingly getting their own political views and political news, therefore, from television news. Another significant factor in the 1997 general election was the impact of spin doctors. They were not an entirely new thing as politicians had employed press advisers for many years and Sir Bernard Ingham had famously carried out the role for Margaret Thatcher. However, New Labour approached the press in the new way. They seeked out a message, keeping spokespeople, quote, on message and trying to manipulate the press and television news to put it across the message of the day. The key figure on the side who performed this role was Alistair Campbell. Campbell and other figures like Peter Mendelssohn carefully courted journalists and editors from the various medias and ensured that they got their stories readily packed and that they would put across the message of the day. This was a well-oiled media machine which was driven by focus groups and poll data to try and ensure that the Labour Party was seen to care more about public issues than it actually did. In government, the relationship between Campbell and the political correspondence of the various daily newspapers became a much more combative and aggressive one, but between 1994 and 1997, journalists were wooed and they were flattered and rewarded with access, interviews and good stories. Both main parties, the Conservatives and the Labour government, have tried to use similar tactics in the years since, but the general public is much more alert to spin now than they were when journalists were during that time. Furthermore, journalists are also more keen to expose spin and the media manipulation rather than actually respond to it. 
So as such, it is hard to imagine an election quite like the 1997 one happening again. An election which took place when the economy was doing fine and when the opposition party was far from promising enormous and radical change, and yet there was an enormous swing from the government to the opposition right across the country. In many ways, it was a media election, an election where the Labour Party managed the media and political news stories of the day much more effectively than the Conservatives, and they reaped their rewards. Mm-hmm.